we we are in the study of the person of the gospel. And when I started this study uh, many weeks ago, I wanted to get to a particular subject. The covenant as a person. I would, that's been in my heart maybe from the beginning of this for a long time. It's been in my heart for a long time that our covenant with God is the person of Jesus Christ. That's our relationship with God. So our relationship with God is as good as Jesus is. Now, we may not comprehend that relationship that we have, but that's what he's given unto us. You know, Apostle John writes that as he is, so are we in this present world. So God's mind toward us is as Christ is. That's it. Now, when you say that, or I just said that, there is a learning of Christ that we come to. And we're going to begin looking at this. And just to refresh your minds, we've been reading out of 1 John 5 and John 1, and, I, and I'll probably just quote those. But 1 John 5 tells us that which was from the beginning, which is the word of life, which they have beheld, which they touched, their hands handled of the word of life. They heard, they handled it, they lived in it. And, I, and I've said this, yes, Jesus came, he appeared among John, but John was declaring the word of life among a people. He was declaring the handling of the word of life among a people. And then John 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And John 1.14 says, the Word was made flesh and tabernacled among us. So the Word, not words. Now in the Word, you could say are many words. But the word of God defines all words. He has made unto us righteousness, redemption, sanctification. That's what he's made to us. And this is the covenant we have. And as we consider the covenant we have with God in Christ, I want us to go back to Exodus and we're going to look for a moment at the covenant God cut with Moses. I'm afraid a lot of people want to do away with what God did. I know God has fulfilled it and brought in a better covenant. And we're living in a better covenant. However, that was God dealing with Moses. And God didn't mess up there. God was giving a word which was speaking, giving testimony to the word of God, who is Christ. In Exodus 19.3, 
the Bible says, and Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now, now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak unto the children of Israel. Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord had spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. Now, a couple of things I want to point out here. God brought Israel. He said, I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you unto myself. Okay. So we could say that is fulfilled in Christ. Christ has bought, brought us to God. He has bought us, redeemed us, purchased us with his own blood. And he has brought us unto God. So what God says here in Exodus is fulfilled in Christ. However, we come to God, and we really don't know how to live unto God. Okay? I want that to sink in, so I'm kind of pausing here. God captures us, grabs us, however we want to say it. Jesus saves us. We receive the Lord, and the Lord brings us to himself. Now, why does he bring us there? Just to say we're to God's self. And we've done that, we that have had the revelation of Christ, especially when we began to see that the building of God is not mansions in the sky. Many of us have lit the world on fire telling them that, that God's building is not a mansion in the sky. We are the building of God. And that's absolutely the truth. But how do we dwell in this place? This is what I want to talk to you about. We dwell in this place according to the word of covenant. Just like Israel was to dwell unto God, to be a people unto God, to be a priest unto God, or to be priests of the Lord, it was according to the word. So they weren't just priests unto the Lord without the word. They were priests unto the Lord according to the word. That's how that worked. Now we are priests unto God according to the word. We are a kingdom in priesthood. We're the fulfillment of that, okay? But it's according to the word of Christ. So we can get all excited about being a kingdom and priesthood. 
But if we don't know the substance of the word, we don't know the substance of him, then we don't have much depth. We've come to a place, and now we want the depth of the Lord, just like Ezekiel saw the water running, you know, in, in the house, running, I believe, out from the throne. And when it first came to Ezekiel, when Ezekiel first saw it, there wasn't much depth there. But then the water just kept running till it filled up the whole place. Right? To the place was full and running over, swallowed him up in its fullness. Did it not? Sure it did. That's what he saw. He saw the water to where it swallowed him up in its fullness. Now, that's what we are to see is the depths of the Lord Jesus. You know, we, we've seen the, we've come to the Lord. We've seen we are stones in the house of God. We've seen we are a royal priesthood. We've seen this. We've declared this. All this is true. But it's for the depth of the Lord for the depth of the Lord to come forth from a people into the earth. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, if I literalize the Bible, like a lot of people like to do, I would like to literalize that particular scripture. How could rivers of water come out of you? You know, that's not literal. But that flowing life, you know, flows from the source, who is Christ, out of your bellies into the earth. And see, this is where the word of covenant becomes so important to the body of Christ. See, if you, if you study the Bible, if you read from Exodus 19 through 24, God lays out the word of covenant. And in Exodus 24, Moses says, verse 3 of Exodus 24, 3 says, Moses came and told the people all the words of Jehovah and all the ordinances, and all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which Jehovah hath spoken, we will, will we do. And Moses wrote all the words of Jehovah and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the mount and 12 pillars, according to the 12 tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the children of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto Jehovah. And Moses took half of the blood and joined half of the blood and put it in basins and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant and he read in the audience of the people and they said, all that Jehovah has spoken, we will be, we will we do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant, which Jehovah have made with you concerning all 
these words. Concerning all these words. Now, this was so serious in Israel that they taught their children from a child. Why was it so serious? Well, if you read those words from Exodus 19 through 24 here, if you read those words, they go through some of the penalties for not keeping that covenant. They go through what's required of you. So when you come into Deuteronomy, for example, and you read Deuteronomy 11, verse 16, let's start there. It says, take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And the anger of Jehovah be kindled against you, and he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain. And the land shall not yield its fruit, and you perish quickly from off the good land which Jehovah gives you. Therefore you shall lay up these words in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand. And they shall be for frontlets between your eyes, and you shall teach them your children, talking of them when you sit us in your house, when you walk us by the way, when you lay down, when you rise up. And thou shalt write them up on the doorposts of thy house and upon thy gates, that your days may be multiplied, and the days of your children in the land which Jehovah swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven above the earth. For if ye shall diligently keep all this commandment, which I command you to do it, to love Jehovah your God, to walk in all his ways and to cleave unto him, then will Jehovah drive out all these nations from before you, and ye shall dispose greater and mightier than yourselves. Every place whereon the sole of your foot shall tread shall be yours, from the wilderness and Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, even unto the hinder sea, shall be your border. So if you read this carefully in Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, these words that God gave were going to affect the Israelites' lives. Okay. Going to have great effect. So I would guess, at least in the early days, that some of the Israelites took these words to heart and probably memorized them. They probably spent a lot of time memorizing these words to understand the consequence. If I take somebody's ox, what's going to be required of me? Because when you go through Exodus 19 through 24 there, it doesn't just go through the Ten Commandments. It's in there. 
And if you if you really study this, God gives the Ten Commandments even before what we call the Ten Commandments, even before Moses goes up to the mount. Now Moses gets them written by the hand of God in the rock or the tablets and brings them down, but he, he lays out the book of covenant to the children of Israel. And the children of Israel are to abide according to the word, to dwell securely in the land. Now, I'm going to suggest to you that that's, that hasn't changed. Okay? We're not in the same book. We're not in the same land. But God has given us the word of covenant who is Christ, that we dwell securely in his land. If I do not know the word of covenant, I don't know peace. For example, we talk a lot about peace and rest in this group. But if I don't know Christ, I do not dwell in peace. Although, as a Christian, that has been given to me. God hasn't held anything back from us. But the benefit of what he's given us is manifested in our heart through knowing the word. Now, the word we know is not just a Bible. Okay, because we can memorize all the Bible and still not dwell in the peace of God. So the word we know is a person. The word of covenant is the word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. He is the word of covenant. As he is, so are we in this present world. But if I don't know him, I don't know how we are. <laughs> right? I really wouldn't have a good understanding of how we are if, he, if I don't know him that is my life. So I wouldn't have an understanding. See, for years, this is, this is what's went on in the body of Christ in, in, in Christians, they haven't known the, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because they haven't known the Lord. So if they had known the Lord, their righteousness, they would have known they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and they would proclaim that because he's made unto us righteousness. And that's more than a statement in the Bible. That is the living reality of Christ that lives in you and stands up in you and declares you righteous because you are his body. You are joined to the Lord. So if he's joined you to him, he didn't join a harlot to himself. He has cleansed you and washed you and made you whole in himself. So as I know him and know the purity of the Lord, 
See, then the purity of the Lord is going to work in me because I know him. See, everything here is defined by him. He's the word of covenant. So to stand sure in this place that you're in, you have to know the word. Okay? And the word is Christ himself. You know, I'm wanting to reach behind me and grab one of my Bibles because we love to quote the scripture, and I, and I quote the scripture all the time. But I have to come to the person of the scripture. I have to come to know the person. The Bible itself is not the covenant. You know, God didn't write a book like he did with Moses and say, here's the new covenant. Now, did he? Like we go through Exodus there. Like I said, you can go through Exodus 19 through 24, and you can find the portion at that time, and I believe that expand, expanded. But you can find the portion there that the covenant of Israel, the covenant with Israel was built upon. And it was sealed in the blood of animals. Why was it sealed in the blood of animals? There's many reasons. It was testifying of the covering of the Lord that was going to cover us. The blood of Christ that was going to be poured out for us. It was testifying of that blood. And Jesus says, this is the blood of the covenant. In my blood. So now what has been poured out, what has we have received, what we have been sprinkled with, is the blood of Christ. And everything that blood declares... When I come to God, I should be seeking. Well, I've already come to God. I, I should even use those words. We're in Christ Jesus. But when we spend our time in Christ seeking the Lord, we should be asking the Lord, Father, everything this blood declares, I want to know it. I want to know the depths of it, the riches of it the glory of it, the sanctification of it. I want to experience it, Father. Because everywhere your foot went in the Old Covenant, everywhere their foot went in the Old Covenant, guess what? It was given unto them. God wanted them to possess it. Do you think then he may want us to possess righteousness? That it not be a fleeting moment that every now and then we feel right with God, but it be a, an abiding presence of the Lord. I believe so. I believe so. We're the children of his pasture. He gives us good things, right? The soul knowing it's righteous with God. 
I don't know if there's anything better to be truthful, to know that your soul is dwelling in right standing with the Father, to know the Father lives in you. I don't know that there's anything greater you can ask God. Seek ye the kingdom and his what? Righteousness. And in 1 Corinthians, the Bible says, Paul writes, he is made unto us righteousness, sanctification, redemption. So now the word of the covenant is what Christ is. Okay? That's what's given to us, what he is. We, we've already... As he is, so are we. I've already said it two or three, four times. That's what's given to us, though. To know and dwell in. So, so if you think it was important for the, early, for the type, as we look at Israel as the type, right? We look at them as the testimony. If you think it was important that the testimony Write it up on their doorpost. Wake up in the morning and search it out. Go to sleep in the evening and search it out. You think it was important for them to dwell safely in the land. How then important is the word of life to you and I. How much is it really worth? It's worth their time, isn't it? It's worth their effort. You say, well, none of that applies to us today. Well, set your affection, Paul writes. Set your heart, set your mind. Just saying, this, this, is, this is toward Christ. Instead of toward the old covenant law, he says, set your affection on things above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Well, my affection's with me when I wake. You know, getting to the heart of the matter, to the root, to the inside of me, how much is my affection with me? It's with me all the time, ain't it? I carry it around with me. I wake up and I have, a, have my affection. I go to sleep and I have my affection. Paul says to set it upon Christ. So what's different than the Old Covenant? What's different is that Old Covenant word couldn't sanctify them, couldn't cleanse their conscience, couldn't make them pure, left something lacking that every year, every day, the over and over and over they were going to come looking 
for completion. Looking for a finished work. Looking for the satisfaction of God. Now, the difference is we are in a finished work. We are in the satisfaction of God. We are in what Christ has completed. That's where we dwell. And it's probably past time that we get serious about setting our affections. You know, Paul says not to walk after the course of this world. The fact that he says some of the things that he says in his writings may mean we can still do that. May mean that there's this diligent side of the gospel that deals with you and I. That we need to be diligent with the Lord. And if we're diligent with the Lord, he will reward us with the things of the kingdom of God. God doesn't hold anything back. He's already gave it to us in Christ Jesus. It's just we'll come to know what he's given us. See, he's given us all things in Christ, according to the book of Romans. We're joint heirs with him. What he has, we have. But he's the substance of all of these things. So if I'm to know all these things, I have to know him in that measure. It's like like I can I could take the word sanctification. I could say, well, I'm sanctified. Okay. It's what the scripture says. Doesn't mean I'm walking in a measure of sanctification, though. Because the sanctified one has to be made known in me. Father, I sanctify myself. So the setting apart of himself has to be made known in my soul because I'm knowing him. Just like Israel was to know that word of covenant, we are knowing the word of life. Remember, that's what John said, the word of life. That's what we're knowing. And this word of life has been sanctified. Now, why do he need to be sanctified? For you and I. That's why. Because in and of himself, he had no need to be sanctified, but to bring forth what he had desired in his heart in the earth. He became the sanctified one. that you and I would live as set apart unto God, as a people of God's own treasure. And we would know that. We would begin to know that we are a people of God's own treasure. 
because we're dwelling in Christ Jesus. And he's the good of this land. And the good of this land is great because it's him. This land flourishes. It's full of milk and honey, so to speak. It's full of the goodness of God. So he wants us to live in it, dwell in it, abide in it, abide in the vine. For the branch cannot bring forth fruit of itself. Neither can you, Jesus says, unless you abide in me. So everything here is abiding in him. Everything here is what's coming out of the word of life, out of the word of covenant. So let me read one more scripture in Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42. I had several scriptures, but I'm going to read this one. Verses 1 through 11. So Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 11. says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry nor lift up his voice nor cause it to be heard in the street. A bruised reed will he not break and a dimly burning wick will he not quench. He will bring forth justice and truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he have set justice in the earth. And the isles will wait for his law. Thus saith God, Jehovah, he that created the heavens and stretched them forth, he that spread abroad the earth, and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. I, Jehovah, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thy hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people for light of the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am Jehovah, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise unto graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Okay. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And his praise from the end of the earth, ye that go down to the sea and all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof. Let the wilderness and the cities thereof lift up their voice, the villages that Kedar doth inhabit. Let the inhabitants of Selassie, let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory unto Jehovah and declare his praise unto the islands. Now here in Isaiah, he says, I will do a new thing. Okay. It disturbs me when I hear Christians get up and quote this thing. They say, God's going to do a new thing. And they have no comprehension of what he's done in Christ. That your sins and lawless deeds, he remembers no more. See that when Isaiah said, God's going to do a new thing. Their sins and lawless deeds were remembered every year. 
time and time and time again. So the new thing he was going to do is behold my servant uh, in whom my soul delighteth, in whom I put my spirit up on, I will give him for a covenant. Shout aloud and sing. Because he's the covenant of the Lord to you and I. He's the new thing. He's the declaration that come into the earth. Man, at his birth, the declaration came. Peace and goodwill toward men. The peace and love of God came upon the earth. That they may be one as we are one. I am them, thou and me, that they be made perfect in one. I came upon the earth in the person of Jesus Christ. A new thing. That we wouldn't just be one people, but we would be one people with God. We'd be joined through Christ unto the Lord. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. We would go into the most holy place in Christ. We would declare the most holy place in the earth. Now that, to Isaiah, was a new thing. We are in the new thing of God. We are new creatures, new creation that is created to declare his praise and glory and what he has done in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the new thing. So when somebody tells you God's going to do a new thing, maybe we should open their eyes. Maybe we should say, honey, have you not seen what he's done in Christ? Have you not seen that your sins and iniquities were rolled away? Do you not understand when Isaiah wrote this, the old covenant was up on the earth and Christ had not come and now the new has come and we're living in the good of the new. So we should be singing aloud, declaring what he's done. Join heirs together. We should be declaring that. He's making himself known to us. He's revealing himself. He's manifesting his glory to us. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. This is covenant. This was sealed in his blood. And it's coming forth by his own life. Not, not even coming forth of her effort. But it's the life of him that's coming forth in us. Sometimes I believe all God asks us to do is to seek, to set our hearts. You know, just like Mary and Martha, that Mary sat down to hear, to set her affections, to know the Lord. I don't know that he really asks anything else from us. Believe on him that God has sent. I believe that's the law. That, that, that's the law they were waiting on. His law shall the aisles wait. Those that believe on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what they were waiting on. Those that believe on the name of the Lord. The power of his might was going to destroy the enemy, destroy the yoke, take care of the darkness, and bring them into the marvelous light of God that we now dwell in.
Well, this is a glorious covenant that we're dwelling in today. I'll stop right here tonight. God bless you.